The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The NFL trade deadline has come and gone, and man, it was a historic one at that. 20 players traded on the deadline. It Wow. This is the most active we have seen the nfl trade line trade deadline since my lifetime i don't remember it popping off like this this was giving me some nba vibes something like that so uh join me as always for for this emergency pod ladies and gentlemen landon oliver marcus aka culture shot guys we got some news to talk about there was a firing scapegoat there was a firing there was a trade that went down was it a good or bad trade does it really matter uh, we're going to get into all that, of course, for you guys. So real quick, I do want to get Marcus's thoughts since he wasn't with us on the last show. Marcus, you were in Indianapolis, okay? Got to experience Indiana, you know, all those leaves and cornfields and, you know, got to do all that stuff. I don't know what there is to do in Indiana, but you got to do something. Um, how was it? How, how was the environment there? Well, the environment was great, and uh, to be fair, Indiana does have an actual city there. So, you know, oh, once you right. leave, once you leave the arena, there's a bunch of bars, and I mean, that's it's a perfect spot to be honest. Because after you watch Colts football, you want to get a drink after it. So that's where all our Colts fans went after the game. We all went to go get a drink. It was a club, little a little dance hall there too. So I mean, it's like a party town to be honest, but. The overall experience was fun. I'm always having fun when I go to Lucas Oil Stadium. The arena's great. The crowd's great. I was in, I happened to be sitting in the loud section, so we had, we were amped. We were high-fiving, holding conversations. There was a full fo- football moms that knew what they were talking about, so I was pretty much at home. So we were just sitting there chatting about the game. You know, they, it was the moments, you know, the Michael Pittman Jr. drop, the, the Jonathan Taylor fumble, and the offensive line where they didn't move. It, all those plays was just, it was chaotic, to be honest. And, boy, did we love the boo. The boo was the best part of the game because we were just booing the whole game besides Sam Elliott, you know, doing what he does. But, overall, it was a fun experience until Scary Terry just mossed Gilmore in, in, on the one-yard line. Oh, God, if you would know how quiet the arena was when he came down with the football and just stood over Gilmore like he was just his illegitimate son or something. It was just, it was a crazy experience. 
two quiet moments was that and when Taekwon Lewis didn't get up, man. Those two moments for sure was just the darkest moments of the game. But, but other than that, I mean, we had fun. Shaquille caught that pick. The crowd went crazy. I was like, all right. But when Kenny Moore dropped this pick, the crowd went, aw. But it was fun. I enjoyed it. Hey, man. You got some football, and you got to be by some football moms. Hey, man. It's yeah. a win-win for me. I, I, I bet it was. I bet it was. All right? Yeah, maybe maybe a little Marcus is going to join us in this world in nine months. But anyways, guys, this is a PG show, okay? We got to talk about some Indianapolis Colts here. We got to start with some, some important news right now, okay? Marcus Brady, offensive coordinator, former offensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts, fired today uh, by Frank Reich and company. And this comes after leading a almost a historic bad Indianapolis Colts offense. We always know Colts offense to put up points, to go down and get points, whether if it's touchdown, field goals, and that's just something that they have not done this season, averaging 16.7 points a game. I think it's tied for last in the league, or it's maybe it's not, it's 31st. So, Landon, I, w- I want to get you uh, in here first, man. What was... I'll share my thoughts, but I want to let everybody get it, get theirs in first. So what was your reaction to to this unneeded, irresponsible, lazy firing? Um, I mean, I don't necessarily know if it was unneeded just from the aspect of possibly even just getting the attention of the locker room and everybody, you know, just from that aspect. But I mean, look. Marcus Brady's been there for a while. He's helped put together some really good schemes, some really good offensive, uh, you know, play over the last few years with, as we say every episode, with multiple quarterbacks coming in and having to revamp everything on a literal yearly basis at this point. Um, it, you know, it's, it's it's hard to do. It's hard to succeed in that environment, uh, especially whenever your line is playing like they are. And I, I think they have been better the last couple of weeks as opposed to obviously the first six weeks but um i mean even then like it's hard to scheme around bad offensive line play it's hard to scheme around a new quarterback every single year like it's it just it makes it tough and um you know he's done an admirable job he he did what he was supposed to do i don't really know obviously without being in the building kind of some of the other things that went along with it i know everybody's mad because you know like well, how do you fire Chris, you know, how do you fire him and not fire Chris Strausser or, you know, fire this guy or fire this guy. And like, I'll say like, it's a lot harder to fire a positional coach because you generally don't have replacements in house for those guys. Whereas your offensive coordinator, if you do let them go, like it's a lot easier to promote somebody or like Frank Reich, for example, is now taking over that position. He's got a lot on his plate. Um, but um, so, I mean, like that's possibly why you're not seeing those changes from Strausser or, you know, guys like that. And Mawai, I know is another one. He's an assistant offensive line coach. Um, so that's, that's probably why you're not seeing that change there, but yeah, it's, it, it's tough. It's never, never fun to see somebody lose their job and yeah. Yeah. Um, seeing Marcus Brady go, it's kind of like. I was shocked at first, but then, of course, when you see, oh, Frank Rice, the offensive coordinator, it's like, yeah, we get it. Great. 
So he has all the rights to the offense. I mean, he already ran the game plan, but I don't know how much you improve from this situation. Uh, I did see a tweet when it was talking about Marcus Brave is going to be removed eventually at the end of the day, which makes sense because, you know, the offense has just been terrible for the last three years, maybe even four. But then again, I mean, Landon just talked about it with the different quarterbacks. I mean, he went from all these quarterbacks that this quarterback carousel, Jacoby, Phillip, then you get Carson. Now you got Sam Ellinger, Matt Ryan. I mean, you got to switch mobility to pocket presence, standing in the pocket year after year after year. Of course, it's going to take a toll on the offensive coordinator. And of course, I mean, you had to fire somebody. So, hey, Marcus Brady, might as well just get rid of him. I mean, we're still going to struggle anyway. So, I mean, it doesn't make a difference. But, of course, they was going to get rid of him. Hopefully, the new regime, when it's all said and done, we'll figure it all out and we'll have a better outcome in the future. But, I mean, it sucks for Marcus Brady to be that scapegoat. In my opinion, I still call it that. I mean, but it is what it is. I think that he was still going to be fired regardless. Yeah, I just – so something just throws me off about, about all this because this is now in the last, what, since, 2020, since 2014 – now you you find another scapegoat 2014 the 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 team was just bad in general uh the offense i don't think was necessarily the problem in 2014 and pep hamilton was your offensive coordinator hell he was getting consideration for head coaching looks in the league the defense was horrible the head coach you had employed was supposed to be the defensive mastermind and you fire the offensive coordinator and don't hold the head coach accountable who is even more looking over the defense and went with his guys he believed in to run the defense. And now I see a similar situation with this uh, regime under Jim Mercer. You hire an offensive guru, the guy who's supposed to have all the answers, quarterback whisperer. You fire your offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach because the guy that oversees the whole deal it's not coming to fruition. To me, it's a scapegoat. It's what happened in 2014. Um, had another theory about it that I brought up in a group chat, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring that up. Marcus knows what I'm talking about. I'm not bringing it up. But um, I, I remember talking about this, Landon. You you remember me speaking about this, Marcus? You too. The sudden change at quarterback that drastic. That guy, Sam Ellinger, replacing that guy, Matt Ryan who could be in Canton one day was so drastic that usually you, a team doesn't make that move without a significant corresponding move following it, AKA coaching firing thought it would have been Frank Reich turns out to be Marcus Brady. I don't know what the specifics were like, like, like Landon said, we're not going to get into, Oh, we don't know exactly what his job was what his duties were by the book, point for point. But uh, again, this isn't about, oh, Marcus Brady didn't call plays. Th this was about, this is the guy Frank Reich promoted after Nick Sirianni left. This is the guy that Frank Reich gave the keys to. This is the guy who's supposed to have, who who's supposed to get the offensive game plan every single day. And he approves it all. And it doesn't work out on Sunday. And now he ends up getting fired. I, I don't know why. Because even again, now people are rushing to Twitter. Oh, Marcus Brady was no good anyway. 
yet you were the same people talking about he could be getting another head coaching job. Or, or not another, but he is another assistant that could be getting head coaching looks. Can we not forget that he was also interviewed? Yeah, he was. He was a candidate was. for head coaching jobs not even a year ago. I mean, there was talk about it, and even going yeah. into this, even going into this off season, they were talking about, well, they perform well again. Maybe this is the next guy, you know, to to come out of the Frank Reich tree. So, um, yeah, it's everybody like thinks that you have to call plays, I guess, to be a vital member of a coaching staff I, I don't understand the discourse on that but um because there's a like there's a lot that marcus brady did do like not only was he the quarterback's coach and um you know i i think we've had decent quarterback play here you know for what we've had to deal with um i mean it's 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 a tough job whenever you have that much turnover to me it was much more it wasn't even the game plan and like like even this week i thought the game plan with sam was fantastic i thought frank reich did a great job and marcus brady did a great job um with a lot of those plays but at the end of the day like you know players have to execute and players have to do their job and if they don't then it's a lot easier to replace an offensive coordinator than it is to replace you know a a center making 10 million dollars or of you know another player or another quarterback or i mean it's just these guys are paid a lot of money to make chicken salad out of chicken shit and uh that's the the southern saying i know i know mike didn't know anything about the shit or get off the pot saying the other day i'm learning everything new. i know that that's that's another that's another redneck country is coming at me hard yeah this is uh it's uh turning chicken salad into chicken shit or from chicken shit. I'm Mexican. And, I don't um, eat chicken salad, so. Oh, well, you're missing out, man. You're missing hey. out. So, some good stuff, man. Hey, but, come uh, down here. I'll get you some yeah. fully. I, I, I like that stuff, too. <laughs> I, I'm, a man, I'm a man of culture, okay? I get it. Yeah. I get it. I love it. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's um, it, it's tough. So, you know, you're, you're paid to do a job. And at the end of the day, though, if that doesn't work out, you know, if your offense is ranked 31st or 32nd in multiple categories, you know, pink slips coming. Yeah, I, I just thought, again, it was another unfair situation. Another quarterback change, another new game plan. You had to scheme up for your quarterback for Marcus Brady. And like you said, I thought it was a pretty good game plan. It just wasn't executed properly. I thought you got him on the move a little bit more. You helped him out. If he if he wasn't going to throw guys open, the game planning and the scheme concepts themselves got some guys open. And that's why we like the duo of a Frank Reich being the head man and Marcus Brady being the offensive coordinator. We like that because we saw it on Sunday. We saw what it can be. Now you kind of, you kind of, what am I trying to say here? You put even more pressure on Frank Reich, or maybe Frank Reich put this on himself. I'm pretty sure this came from the top. Something has to change, not necessarily specifically who, but something has to change. I believe that came from the top. The actual decision came from Frank Reich. Now, again, I just, this, Frank Reich is putting a lot on his plate. And it's almost, I almost don't like it, although it, it is the foot, it is, it is football, but I almost don't like it be, because, oh, you couldn't do it, so I'm going to do it. Not only are you get, putting yourself even more on a pedestal as a head coach, but now, now solely, again, there are no more excuses moving forward. 
do we expect this team to go win five, six, seven games? Hell no. Hell no. They can't even beat the Texans. They can't sweep the Jaguars. They can't beat a limping Tennessee team. What makes us think that they can beat the Patriots, the Raiders, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Vikings? What what makes us think they can do that? So anything from now on that happens on offense, if it wasn't already, now it definitely is. It's on Frank Reich's shoulders. I think it was a scapegoat move to fire Marcus Brady. I don't agree with it. I hate it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. again. There is way too much finger pointing going on inside this building, and there's no accountability or responsibility being taken amongst one another. They got put into a corner, and they threw the first guy they could think of right under the bus. One guy that it made sense to throw everything at, they did it. And I hate it. I hate it for Marcus Brady. I thought he was ascending up there and he kind of like a pep hamilton not as accomplished because pep hamilton the offensive coordinator was calling plays that wasn't marcus brady this time so it's unfortunate but uh that that's really all we have on that you know i i suppose more details will come on that but in terms of you know what his true responsibilities were we don't exactly know yet but do y'all have anything else to close out this marcus brady segment Okay, the the guys are telling me no. So, no, no, I said my piece. Okay, <laughs> I I I could say more, but it, it's a firing to an assistant. Okay, let let's just move on. More scapegoating, more finger pointing from Jim Mercer's organization as usual. So now moving on to the trade that happened today. Naheem Hines quietly requested. A trade. This is what I was told about 12 o'clock. Obviously, didn't put it out there. I don't really care about that side of the business. But knowing that he quietly, quietly, obviously, inside the building requested a trade, that obviously ended up coming out shortly after the trade was announced to Buffalo. And the frustration just building didn't hear it from me, but doesn't believe in the structure of the organization, doesn't believe in the leadership, and they've been failed. So knowing that there was a request, it was met. Now to talk about the trade, Naheem Hines is getting traded to the Buffalo Bills in exchange for Zach Moss and a conditional sixth round pick that could become a fifth. I, the trade, I mean, getting off the contract, getting off useless contracts is my number one thing right now. So I'm happy that they got off a contract that they're clearly not utilizing. They're clearly not utilizing Naheem Hines. But Washington utilized Antonio Gibson. You see how crazy that works? But Naheem Hines didn't even have more than five carries in a game in at all this season. Now, the Denver game was an opportunity for that, but unfortunately, it was a bad hit on a special teams play, got knocked out at the beginning of the game. Not his fault but also not being targeted, no plays being designed for him, nothing, underutilizing him. And now he goes to a spot where it seems like he's going to be utilized. He, he, I love the addition to Hines, to Buffalo. Clearly, it doesn't affect us. We suck. We're not going anywhere. We're, we're thinking about April. So Buffalo is thinking about the Super Bowl. They're thinking about the playoffs. So now I, I'm excited, but I want to get, uh, Marcus, your thoughts first, and then we'll go to Landon. Naheem Hines no longer uh, 
part of Indianapolis Colts. But what is your reaction to this trade? Oh, I already told people I got a crush on the Bills, man. Like their process over the last four years, I've always been silently rooting for them because I've just seen the process of how they've been doing things. And the fact that they went to go get a gadget player like a Naheem Hines to fit this offense with Diggs and Josh Allen that are both mobile and can move like it's just icing on the cake. Just get the ring polished. Like I have them making the Super Bowl, but adding Hines is just icing on the cake, man. I mean, I'm so happy for Hines to get away from this establishment. I mean, like I said, I mean, he said it best. Like, this Colts team just isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing. And you've seen it. Like, every post game when they talk about Hines, he's like, how do we get to the end zone and only pull up 16 points? It's like, I mean, the the writing's on the wall. And this guy, like I mentioned, has his best year, his ceiling was with Phillip Rivers. I feel like Phillip Rivers had the best opportunity for Hines to get some type of production. And the fact that it's just been on a decline since Rivers was gone is just it's kind of embarrassing to watch because we know how good he can be and how special he can be. And the fact that they hasn't used him at all is kind of was just like a sign was like, yeah, if anyone gets traded, we all. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Like, yeah, it's probably going to be Hines, though we mentioned other players as well. But Hines is definitely one of those guys we knew wasn't going to last in Indianapolis because of just the way that they didn't use him at all. Like I said, I'm happy for him. But what we got back was just a laughing stock. Like I mentioned, I mentioned on Twitter, we can just laugh at this situation and move on and wait for it to be over because we really got nothing. They pretty much just got Hines for free. They really did. And I, I mean, it's the Colts at the end of the day. It's Ballard. Like, the trade was just, it's obvious Chris Ballard-like type trade, but, I mean, you didn't get anything from it. I mean, I don't know how we're going to use Moss when we know Jackson's going to be running back, too, but I'm happy. I'm more happy for Hines than I am for the Colts, uh, honestly, but, I mean, we didn't get anything, but hopefully Hines can get it done, get a long playoff run, and just laugh at Ballard if he wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm I'm happy for Naheem, man. Um you know, he, he deserves to be in a situation to where he can succeed and be utilized correctly. And I think obviously Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen, that's a, a pretty good offensive duo there for him to work with. Uh, I'm pretty excited for him. And uh, I do, I, I, I as well like the Buffalo Bills. I, lo- I love their fan base. I love everything about, about them. So I, I'm excited. I'm definitely pulling for them. Um, but 
As far as the compensation goes, um, I kind of put it out there last night, you know, much to the chagrin of a lot of people that did not like the uh, the post. Um, but, I mean, just being realistic, taking off rose-colored glass. I mean, we're fans. We're always going to see our players as better than what people around the league see our players as. Um, and then I also pointed out, you know, I don't know if it was last episode or the one before, but whenever you make in-season trades like this, it caps the value of what you can get for a player. So going into that, that's why I said, you know, hey, you're probably looking at a fifth-round pick. People, I mean, we love Naheem Hines. I love Naheem Hines. He's a fantastic talent. But at the end of the day, he is a specialist. He has to have a special role within an offense. He can't carry the load. He can't make the plays up the middle. I mean, how many times have we seen him run straight, you know, you know, run up the middle and and not get anything? I mean, he's... He has to be put in space and put in a position to succeed. And, um, you know, that's just the unfortunate reality of it. He's a great special teams player, although he does fumble a little too much there on kickoffs. Um, so they'll, they'll get that cleaned up, and I have no no doubt that he'll succeed in Buffalo. I'm excited for him. But also we have to look at it like, hey, this guy's a specialist. He's probably a third down player. He's a special package player. You're not going to be getting a – a third round pick or a fourth round. I mean, just even the fourth round pick, the bill, the Browns wanted a fourth round pick for Kareem hunt and nobody budged and Kareem hunt outside of the legal issues he had would probably still be the lead back in Kansas city right now. His rookie year, he led the NFL in rushing yards has consistently been one of the best running backs in the league. And is now the number two on probably the best rushing attack over the last two to three years in football. So if if that guy can't get a fourth, I don't really know what you expect Naheem Hines, you know, to get. I think this was just them doing him a solid. I think that plays very well to the players in that locker room, and you know, for the organization, they he wanted out. He wanted a different situation, and he would never admit to that, and that's okay. But they sent him somewhere where he could thrive and somewhere he wanted to go to a contender with a stable quarterback that he's been, you know, searching for the last few years. So that's awesome that the organization did that for him. Cause they should, I mean, they very easily could have been like, Hey, we'll just take whatever we can get, you know, have fun down in, um, you know, shoot, I don't know, have fun in Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Have fun in Detroit or have fun, you know, in, in Houston or, you know, somewhere like that. But instead, you know, they honored his wishes. And I think that's really cool of them. Um, and then they still got off the contract. Now we don't have running back contracts. You know, I'm a team never pay running backs, but uh, so, I mean, we, we now get to feature Dion Jackson a little bit more, who is a little bit more of a pure runner than Hines was. I think he's still a fantastic pass catcher. He's not as dynamic as a player as Naheem was, but um yeah, I mean, his loss will be felt in the community. It'll be felt, you know, on the football field in certain spaces. But I think they did right by Naheem, and I think that was kind of the move that this was more than them looking to get something back. Um, kind of – I'm just – I don't think it's a big deal at all. You got rid of a second-string running back who was or was not a running back who never ran the ball, rarely got touches. So, I mean, you got to pick back for him. And it's the running – it's a running back. I don't know who's giving you a third-round pick in the offseason for him. I, I just don't see that happening. 
for a running back when you can just go draft one or sign one off the street. So I think this was important for the Colts to do. I, I actually like that they did this because, again, what 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 is the future of that, especially if you take into account if the Colts end up paying Jonathan Taylor, you're now going to have him under a second contract and Naheem Hines under a second contract. So just roster building wise, I think it was smart to get go ahead and get rid of that contract. The sixth conditional six that could turn into a fifth doesn't bother me. OK, so. Uh, it's important to have a six because if we didn't have a six round pick, we wouldn't have Sam Ellinger right now. Isn't that right? We wouldn't have Isaiah Rogers right now. Isn't that right? All right, then. All right. Watch your mouth. Okay. So now talking respect on these players, it, it's important to, to, to go that way. I don't get the point of having Zach Moss included in this deal. Uh, I, I, I'm lost on it. I don't, I mean, I, I, I feel like it was, Buffalo side that wanted to get him involved more more so than Indianapolis wanting to take him and also another part of this just feels like you know maybe sort of maybe Indianapolis caved a little bit at, at the negotiations this went right up to the buzzer this was a minute right before the deadline was in and that's that, that's how it went so man I I, I don't know about about how the talks went down or anything. I know they got other calls about Naheem Hines. Some weren't really wanting to give up more than maybe a fifth or, or anything like that. So I think the asking price I was told for, for the Colts for Naheem Hines was a fourth round pick. And even that was like, dude, how, how are we valuing guy? I put a tweet out there. Why does he value these replaceable positions? Like they're premium positions. Why? It's a second string running back. Just get rid of it while you can. And I'm glad that Ballard swallowed his ego, swallowed his pride, and got the deal done. Naheem Hines, unfortunately, was underutilized. He's now going to Buffalo, where I hope he tears it up. Again, it's going to have no bearing on us because we're not going to the playoffs. We're not going and seeing them in January. So I, I don't care about this, okay? Go ball out in Buffalo. Do your thing. We're going to do our thing here in position for a top five pick. Look, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Okay. Sam Ellinger is going to become the future. We're going to get a top five pick. Landon, it's going to be a great offseason of draft coverage, right? Great offseason <laughs> to get into all that. So you keep hyping it up. Yeah, man. It's going to be a great, great off. We get a top five pick. I'm having a great time. I'm going to have a great time too. It's going to be wine drinking in this in this house every single day. That, that that's how good it's gonna be for me. I'm gonna um, eat so many Reese's peanut butter cups at the senior bowl this year. I'm gonna get oh so fat. Jesus. You should I be petty wait. and just bring like a bucket of Snickers or something like that. Oh no, Reese's is my favorite. Like, yeah, there's no way. I'm I'm strict. I'm strict. I'm a, I'm a Reese's guy. That's why Orlovsky's take on the Halloween candy thing. Like it just I, I couldn't do it. That was awful. Did you yeah. see that? I think, huh? Did you see that take where he was like, Reese's are the most overrated candy? And I'm like, no, Orlovsky, stop. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Reese's person. I'm more of like a payday, Snickers. Other than payday? that. Huh? Payday? What are, what are you like 70? Who eats paydays? You don't want to pay players, but you'll eat a payday. That's kind of crazy. Sheesh. Hey, man. Bro. 
caramel, peanuts, salted peanuts, peanuts that got flavor. You know how some people don't even bother putting salt on their fries? I, I appreciate someone when they actually season something and they the paydays are seasoned, okay? But anyways, this is not, you know, the the candy segment here. But just to talk about it, uh, I, I don't even know where I was going with this. Like we just, oh yeah, the the draft coverage Reese's senior bowl. Um, I wonder how long that agreement is with Reese's to have them as the headliner they should go to snickers afterwards but i think uh i'm just excited for draft season they did the the colts did receive a few other calls about players i know a team called out for stefan gilmore colts asking price was too high the a couple teams called out about yannick and the injury to taekwon lewis kind of hurt that a little bit so they steered that away and uh shocker here, guys, but nobody called about Mo Ali Cox. So just had to throw that out there. Okay. So um and, and nobody wants Ryan Kelly, by the way. You wanna know what's funny? I was yeah. thinking about that when, when the trade happened. I was like, everyone was talking about, it, especially like, oh, sell the team, sell these guys, sell these guys. But then you, you look at it like, oh, we just got rid of high, so we're just gonna keep all these players and keep losing. So it's like, what's the point? Of keeping them if we're not going to win games. Like, I understand you don't want to do a complete resale and start over, but you can move some players. You can move some. But I just thought that was funny. I didn't know Mike. Yeah, was I mean, you, say you can't you can't give away pieces that nobody wants. I mean, that's that's the problem here. It's like, yeah, we were. I'm sure the Colts would love to move on from Ryan Kelly or some of these other guys. But the matter of the fact is, that's nobody's you know, calling them up and, you know, knocking their door down saying like, Hey, can you like, you want to move this guy? Nobody did that. So, I mean, that's, that's what it is. I just want to know if they picked up the phone to laugh or they just left them all red. I just want to know. Cause it had to be either or it had to be either, either or in terms of that. Yeah. The Colts did like, they, they did have certain players that they were willing to, to part from. They were willing to let go, but the compensation asking was uh, again, I mean, for these, non-premium positions it, it's just uh pricing asking price was too high but they did get calls on multiple multiple players uh one did call about paris campbell i do know that so paris campbell stefan gilmer yannick and gakwe those guys i do know for a fact were called and teams did ask what the price was on those three players so other than that, that was the trade deadline for the first time in a while. Uh, I believe ever since the Trent Richardson trade in 2013, right? This is the first time since 2013 that the Colts made a move at the at the deadline. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> if, that, if that was the last time I understand why Ballard don't make no moves now. Don't, yeah, don't I, don't. I have no recollection of anything you just said. Bro, I, I, I again, I have that rule never use first round picks to draft. And this is at the draft, never draft a running back in the first round. I don't care if it's a Quan Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott, or even when we had a bad running game and people were mocking Dalvin cook to us. No, I let mean, alone we, you we got traded away a first early rounder. too. Huh? We got Philip Dorsett early. Does that count? Man, screw you. I don't want to really, <laughs> I, I'd rather relive Trent Richardson than Philip Dorsett. Okay. Uh, but, but other than that, man, I'm not sure entirely sure if there's anything else, uh, to talk about, you know, where, where this team is at now, 
It doesn't necessarily change. Zach Moss is going to come in here. Again, I think it was more Buffalo convincing Indianapolis to take him. More so, it was Indianapolis willing and wanting to take Zach Moss. Me, personally, if it was up to me, I would have just, what do I need Zach Moss for? Like, I would have I would have rather seen Deion Jackson get running back two and then maybe elevate one of those running backs you have on the practice squad. C.J. Verdell, Devontae Price, get one of those guys in at running back three. And, I mean, we're not going anywhere, so what does it hurt to get young guys in and get them reps, right? What, what, what does it hurt? So, other than that, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, th- does this – no, Landon, let me ask you this, okay? Very important question. Does this move, moving Naheem Hines, increase the Colts' chances of making the playoffs? I'm going to say no, I okay. guess, if I if I had to really pick one. I, I don't think so. It's tricky. It's a tricky but one. But you never know. Football is a weird sport. So I don't want to just 100% say no and look like an idiot here in about two months, which I do that enough myself. And if anyone knows anything – Bad teams are playing good right now, and they can just change in a blink of an eye. Kind of like last year with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They went on a huge losing streak to miss the playoffs. I think everybody forgot that. But there's a few teams that's right now in the same seat that the Steelers was in, I think, last season. So anything can happen. You may be right, but I'm ready for some more Deion Jackson football. I don't know about y'all. Well, I mean, to be fair, also, the Colts really are. I mean, like somehow, because the league is just so awful this year. They're only like a game or two back from even being in the wild card. So I mean, like if they can win, like you do just not tell the year them that where you have oh they they're very well aware. You, you, that's why they kept all these guys. But this could be the year where you have a seven to eight win team end up in that seventh seed and get into the wild card. So um, now they would probably have to play Kansas City, and uh, that would not be fun. But um, yeah. The, the fat lady has not sung yet, but she's uh she's warming up those vocal cords. Fat lady is currently dancing week. with Matt Pryor. Uh-oh. That's what she is. She's dancing with Matt Pryor right now. Wow. Well, she probably just another sad. just another contract that doesn't need to be handed out again. Bro, could you not give somebody like a fourth round pick to take Moali Cox? I would have done that. No, I would have no. done. That. No, <laughs> no well, maybe laugh. Down pick, please, I got well, this useless. I got this useless dude who lives in his VCU days and still hasn't learned the tight end position. So I'll give you a fourth round pick for it. Like, please, come on, help us out. The part that made me laugh is what we got. Zach Moss. They said put him at right tackle because they talk about how much he weighs. <laughs> Bruh, how, the dude has zero explosion through through the hole. It, it just. That was weird. Um, it, it was. It, it's just off. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being cut. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. He could be but, a special teams guy, possibly. I could see him in special teams role. Like what? Long snapper? <laughs> How much he weighs? How good he is he running down the, the field? Ball. We'll see. I mean, I think we have a good long snapper, but I mean, we'll we'll see. I don't know. I haven't seen him snap the ball. Yeah. I mean, we gave up a six round pick for a special teamer. So at least we got that six round back. But other than that, just loading up on picks. I mean, there is another way the Colts can gain more ammo. And, you know, if if Morocco Brown goes and gets a GM job, you get another third rounder this year and then next year. So there's another element. Morocco Brown almost uh, left 
Indianapolis to go to Philly, not in a GM role, but in, in an assistant role. And thank God he didn't. Hopefully he is saving the leaving part going to a GM job. So hopefully I'm, sh- I'm sure he does not share that. I know he is fighting the air right now. Yeah. I know he is. <laughs> yeah. Mike said, thank God. And Morocco Brown's just probably sitting there like, like, you know, like the Arthur meme where he's got the clinch fist. That's every time he watches the he watches the Eagles play, he just has that Arthur meme. He's just clinching that fist a little bit harder. Hey, I don't know if he's all that worried because he's director of college scouting. I'm not sure if he's all that worried. They've been scouting some good players. So um other than that, guys, I, I think I think that'll bring this show to an end. It wasn't supposed to be that long of an episode anyway. But other than that, guys, do you have anything else that uh you have to say before we get out of here? We will be back uh to to preview the next loss in this uh, i mean to, to preview the next game uh in this season so if you we're gonna be back friday make sure you you look out for that show landon marcus anything else you guys got to say i'm gonna miss you Hines, and i need some water man y'all look crazy um yeah i'll also miss naheem Hines. i can't wait for him to ball out and if you have not checked out your boy's Twitter, go look there. If you have any some any thing about Sam Ellinger you want to know about the game, um, a lot of good stuff on there. I'll, I'll be getting through. I didn't fully get through it. There's still a few more to post, but um, yeah. And if you have any questions, don't be afraid to ask. I'm, you know, I'm, I'll answer whatever I can. There you go. All right. Hit him up on Twitter. His uh, link to his Twitter profile will be in the description below. And ladies and gentlemen, that is a that is another episode of an emergency show talking about a scapegoat firing and a second round or not a second, a second string running back being traded. Thank you, Naheem Hines, for all that you've done. You gave us good memories in 2019, 2020 and 2021. Unfortunately, you weren't utilized in 2022, but you know what? We're moving on to bigger and better things and hopefully more left tackles, quarterbacks, and edge rushers. So other than that, guys, we will check you later. Catch us back on Friday for the preview show for the Patriots game. We will see you later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.